0: Chapter Eighteen of Freaks on the Fowls Three Months Rustication, Story One by R. M. Ballantyne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. Chapter Eighteen the family go to church under difficulties it would seem to be a well understood and undeniable fact that women invariably gains the victory over man in the long run and even when she does not prove to be the winner she is certain to come off the conqueror it is well that it should be so the reins of the world could not be in better hands but strangely enough woman triumphs not only in matters over which she and man have more or less united to control, but even in matters with which the human race cannot interfere, for instance, in regard to weather, despite the three weeks of unfailing sunshine, Mrs. Sudbury maintained her original opinion that, notwithstanding appearances being against her, the weather in the Highlands of Scotland was as a rule execrable as if to justify this opinion the weather suddenly changed and the three weeks of sunshine were followed by six weeks of rain whether there was something unusual in the season or not we cannot positively say but certain it is that for the period we have named it rained incessantly with the exception of four days during a great part of the time it rained from morning till night sometimes it was intermittent and came down in devastating floods at other times it came in the form of scotch mist which is simply small rain so plentiful that it usually obliterates the whole landscape and so penetrating that it percolates through everything except waterproof it was a question which was the more wetting species of rain the thorough downpour or the heavy mist but whether it poured or permeated there was never any change in the leaden sky during these six weeks and the mountains were never clearly seen except during the four accidental days already referred to at first mrs Sudbury triumphed but long before that season was over she had reached such a condition of humility that she would have actually rejoiced in a fine day as for the rest of the family they bore up against it bravely for a time on the first day of this wet season they were rather pleased than otherwise to be obliged to stay in the house jacky in particular was delighted as it afforded him a glorious opportunity of doing mischief and making himself so disagreeable that all except his mother felt as if they hated him on the second day indoor games of various kinds were proposed and entered into with much spirit on the third day the games were tried again with less spirit on the fourth day they were played without any spirit at all and on the fifth they were given up in disgust the sixth day was devoted to reading and sulking and thus they ended their week the seventh day which chanced to be sunday was one of the four fine days before mentioned the sky was blue the sun intensely bright and the inundated earth was steaming the elastic spirits of the family recovered come we'll walk to church cried mr sudbury as they rose from breakfast why my dear explained his wife and the roads knee-deep in mud and water i care not if they were waist-deep cried the reckless man i've been glued to my seat for a week and so i'll walk to church if i should have to swim for it so will i so will i from george and fred so will we all from lucy and me too timidly from tilly with hurrah furiously from the imp this decided the business very well said the resigned mother of the flock then i will go too so away they went to church through mud and mire and water with the nine collie-dogs at their heels and mr mcallister bearing them company fred and mcallister walked together in rear of the rest conversing earnestly for the latter was learned in theology and the former dearly loved a philosophical discussion mr sudberry and lucy walked in advance as he approached the well-known bush the force of habit induced him almost unconsciously to pick up a stone and walk on tiptoe lucy who did not know the cause of this strange action looked at her father in surprise wah went a black cock bang went the stone and a yell instantly followed accompanied by a hat it was his best beaver why dear papa it is sunday dear me so it is the good man was evidently much discomfited ah lucy dear that shows the effect and force of bad habit that is to say of habit for the simple act cannot be called bad on the wrong day you cannot call throwing your best hat in the mud a good habit on any day said mrs sudberry with the air of a woman who regarded her husband's chance of mending as being quite hopeless it was only forgetfulness my dear said the worthy man putting his hat quite meekly on the back of his head and pushing forward in order to avoid further remarks coming to a hollow of the road they found that it was submerged a foot deep by the river which had been swollen into a small lake at that spot there was much trouble here Macallister, with native gallantry offered to carry the ladies over in his arms the ladies would not listen to the proposal with the exception of tilly who at once accepted it gladly the rest succeeded in scrambling along by the projecting stones at the base the wall that ran alongside of the road and gained the other side after many slips much alarm and sundry screams oh you darling cried tilly suddenly she pointed to a hole in the wall out of which peeped the most wide-awake weasel that ever lived its brown little head and sharp nose moved quickly about with little jerks and its round lustrous black eyes seemed positively to glitter with surprise perhaps it was delight at the sudbury family of course Jackie rushed at it with a yell there was a good deal of the terrier in Jackie, and of course the weasel turned tail and vanished like a flash of light when they came to the narrowest part of the pass which opened out of their own particular valley rasselas vale as lucy had named it tilly was fortunate enough to set eyes on another darling which in the shape of a deer, stood startled and trembling in the centre of the pass they came on it so suddenly that it seemed to have been paralysed for a moment a shout from the imp however quickly dissolved the spell with one graceful bound, it cleared the wall and was far away among the brackens on the mountain-side before the party had recovered from their delight and surprise at having met a real live wild deer face to face and not twenty yards distant in this unexpected manner nothing further occurred to arrest their progress to church which was upwards of four miles from their home among the hills the sermon that day was peculiar the minister of the parish was a young man one of those quiet modest humble young men who are as their friends think born to be neglected in this world he was a shrewd sensible young fellow however who if put to it could have astonished his friends not a little he was brimful of scotch theology but strange to say he refrained from bringing that fact prominently before his flock insomuch that some of the wiser among them held the opinion that although he was an excellent worthy young man he was if anything a little commonplace in fact he never seemed to have any dif equalties in his discourses and if he had he a got o'er them by saying plump oot that they were mysteries he did now pretend to unravel any one with half an eye might have seen that the young clergyman was immeasurably above his flock intellectually a few of them among whom was our friend MacAllister, perceived this and appreciated their minister the most of them good souls thought him worthy but weak feeling that he had been appointed to preach the gospel this youth resolved to make himself all things to all men in order that he might gain some he therefore aimed at preaching christ crucified and kept much of his own light in the background bringing it out only in occasional flashes which were calculated to illuminate but not dazzle the minds of his people he remembered the remark of that old woman who when asked what she thought of a new minister said hoot i think naething of him Ava, i understand every word he says and he resolved rather to be thought nothing of at all than pander to the contemptible craving of those who fancy that they were drinking deep draughts of wisdom when they read or hear words that are incomprehensible but which sound profoundly philosophical but we might have spared our readers all this for the young minister did not preach that day he was unwell and a friend had agreed to preach for him the friend was an old man with bent form and silvery hair who having spent a long life in preaching the gospel had been compelled by increasing age to retire from active service yet like a true warrior he could when occasion required buckle on his christian armour and fight stoutly as if of old for his beloved master and for the salvation of human souls his eye was dim and his voice was weak and it brought tears to the eyes of the sympathetic among the people to see the old man lose his place and unconsciously repeat his sentences but not a shadow of disrespect mingled with their feelings there was no mistake in the glow of love and the kindly fire which flushed the pale face when salvation was the theme when he mentioned the name of Jesus and urged sinners to flee from the wrath to come, the people felt the truth of that word. God's strength is perfected in man's weakness. The Sudbury's felt very happy that day in returning home. They overtook old Moggy, stamping along through mud and water, with tears bedewing her cheeks. Why, Moggy, you are all wet, said Fred, hastening towards her. E, I fell into a dub as I came out of the kirk but ich sirs have heard blessed words this day the sudburys spent that evening in their usual way they went to a particular spot which lucy had named the sunny knoll and there learned hymns off by heart which were repeated at night and commented on by mr sudbury after supper they all got into what is called talk it were presumptuous to attempt to explain what that means every one knows what it is many people know also that a talk can be got up when people are in the right spirit on any subject and that the subject of all others most difficult to get up this talk upon is religion mr Sudbury knew this he felt much inclined at one time that night to talk about fishing but he laid strong constraint on himself and gave the conversation a turn in the right direction the result was a talk a hearty free enthusiastic communing on the saviour the soul and eternal things which kept them up late and sent them happy to bed happier than they had yet been all that season chapter eighteen